Welcome to the Holiday Heroes of Jersey podcast, where you'll hear profiles of the people making a difference through the Greater Newark Holiday Fund. Every year, the Holiday Fund empowers 10 amazing regional charities to deliver real help to real people right here in Jersey. Join us this holiday season as we bring you stories of changed lives and renewed hope made possible by generous donations and the dedicated people helping our neighbors who need it most across the greater Newark, New Jersey region. Are you ready? Let's get to today's session. Hey friends, this is Kenny Jang again here with the Holiday Heroes of Jersey podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We're broadcasting from the Garden State of New Jersey. And today I've got a really good conversation partner across from me, Sarah Husking, uh, someone that we're calling our holiday hero for today. Um, We started this podcast because we want to shine a light on individuals in our home state, people just like you and me, but who have made the decision to make a difference where it counts, uh, right here in our own backyard in New Jersey. And Sarah has dedicated her vocation, her work to doing just that. And so Sarah, I'm excited for uh, this conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So Sarah, you are the Vice President of Development for Children's Aid and Family Services, one of the uh, different nonprofits and charities that we support through the Greater Newark Holiday Fund. Um, Can we just start there with telling us a little bit about what Children's Aid and Family Services does and what your role is at the organization? Sure. Um, Children's Aid has been around since 1899. And we've really evolved over the years, um, but our core mission is really to help vulnerable children and families in the community. And we do this in a wide variety of ways with a lot of different services. Um, so we help children in the foster care system, um, and whether that's um, in one of our professional parent homes or that's with some of our foster families in the community. Um, and we really give them the wraparound support and the safety and stability that they were never used to. Uh, We also have seven homes in the area for children and adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities. Um, And we're launching a new day habilitation program for adults um, with developmental disabilities. Uh, We also have a center for drug and alcohol resources, um, which has been in the news a lot lately because of everything that's going on with the opioid and heroin crisis. Um, So that's helping families and individuals that are struggling with addiction and helping them on a path to to recovery. Um, We have adoption and mentoring services for children in the foster care system. And we have a lot of uh, community-based programs too, adoption support, counseling, post and pre-adoption. We have a great program for low-income families to help them with diapers and formula because um, a lot of them don't, might not qualify for um, help. And so they kind of fall through the cracks. So we help them again with diapers and formula, baby wipes, all those things that, that can really, really add up. Wow. So a lot, of, a lot of services that we have, um, but really just helping vulnerable children, families, adults, seniors in our community in any way that we can. And it seems like there is that focus on adoption and foster care and mm-hmm. things emanate out of that, basically. Absolutely. So we, we really started with that. We were started by a group of volunteers who were really the first child protection society. 
And ever since then, we have a core um, mission for children in the foster care system and adoption, but we've really grown. I mean, seven years ago, we didn't have any services for children and adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And now we have seven homes and we're launching a DAHAP program. So again, as the needs of the community are changing, we're just trying to change and adapt with them. And again, like I said, help in any way that we can. Yeah, uh, with some of my work, working with organizations in the adoption and, and foster care, the orphan care area, I just, my heart is in this specific sector. And so um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing in this area right here in Jersey. And in Jersey, it's actually You've got multiple locations. I think your offices are in Passaic. Um, so our then- offices are actually, um, our main office is in Paramus, and we have an office in Fairlawn. But we serve um, Bergen community, uh, the Bergen County. We serve Essex County and some from Passaic County. So it really depends on where the referrals come and where the services are needed. But we're all throughout, throughout New Jersey. Wow. So it is a broad-based operation. That's great. Um, so thank you again. Thank you for taking a break from what you do on a daily basis here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you first personally got involved with Children's Aid? What, what was that story? You know, how did you, how did they, you know, bring you into the fold? Sure. Um, the thing I love about Children's Aid is, um, there are so many programs. So there's so many different, um, services that can, um, affect you or you were impacted by. So I've been here about five years. And I met a man who worked in finance here um, and we were talking and he said, there's an opening in the development department. And I had never heard of children's aid. So once I started looking it up, I realized what the impact they had. And my personal story is I have a little sister who's adopted from China um, and she is going to be 16. And we got her when she was 11 months old and adoption changed my life. It changed my family's life. um, And it really made, it changed her life, of course. Um, and it was something I never thought my family was going to do. Um, we had three grown children, but there was something missing. And I think, um, that's what brought me here. Once I saw the services that do not only adopting for children in foster care, but the pre adoption counseling, the post adoption counseling, that was what drove me. And then once I came here and saw all the services that we do and everything that we try to help the community, I realized it was the place for me. Because I have, my background's in communications. Um, I went to Syracuse. After I graduated, I worked for a for-profit. Um, and I was doing that for about six or seven years. And once this opportunity came, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. And, and you know, it's so many people think that um, adoption services and that whole process is taken care of by, by the government. Uh, but that is such, especially in this political climate, the things are changing all the time with legislation. Um, it is up to organizations like yours on the grassroots level that really fill the gap, right? Absolutely. It really is. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, there's a lot of times that some services will fall through the cracks, and that's what we're really here for is to make sure that uh, we can provide the services for the families that need us in any time. So we help anyone from when they're two to three months old up until um, seniors because, again, it's just it's hard to get through life. That's what our old CEO always used to say that, too. Sometimes it's just hard to get through life. And that's what we're here for is to help families, children, seniors just kind of get that extra so that they can have an easier time. That's great. Um, So you, you have a big operation. How many staffers uh, do you actually have uh, working with you? So with our um, part-time and our full-time employees, we probably have about between two and 250 employees with all of our services. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. And so um, it is a full-fledged operation. Uh, your team is doing so much 
on the grounds, heavy lifting, roll up your sleeves work. Um, do you have an uplifting story that you can share with us about some of your team members or volunteers to help our listeners better understand exactly what your organization does in this area so that people who might not um, have encountered, you know, that process of orphan care, foster care, adoption, or some of the other things that you guys are doing. Um, can you share with us a story that might help shine a light uh, on that for them? Absolutely. Um, we have so many. Um, so one I will, I'll never forget because it was about my, uh, it was maybe about a year ago. We got a phone call from a man who was in his 40s or 50s um, and he had moved out west and he said to us, um, I used to live with you guys 30 years ago in one, in one of your homes. Oh. And um, he said that one of the volunteers had come and always take them, I always took them to New York City um, during Christmas time um, to see a show. And he said that was a memory that stuck with him forever throughout the foster care system. And so now, 40 years later, even though he's out West, once a year, he takes his family home. I mean, takes his family to New Jersey um, and they go into Broadway to see a show. Um, And something like that, something little like that, that a volunteer was able to give to our children has made a lifelong impact for him. Um, And that's a story that always um, is close to my heart because it shows that even if the child is only with us for six months, nine months, whatever it is, it's a lifelong um, impact that we're having on them. So 40 years later, this gentleman called us out of the blue and told us this. And we hear so many stories about that, that even just the short time has made an impact on them that they'll never forget. Yeah. And it really makes you really understand that the work you're doing is, um, you know, with real people, not just numbers, right, mm-hmm. in a system, and that everything that we do to help support organizations like yours does make a real difference and impact in someone's life. And uh, I just love that's the stuff that you guys are doing over at Children's Aid. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a great experience for us because it's all local. It's local families. It's people that are in our backyard that we're helping. So again, like you said, it's a numbers thing. We help probably 12,000 um, individuals a year, but it's the one and the two families that you always remember and you think about and the stories that you're helping because it's right in your backyard. Yeah. Um, and so, um, again, your operation is large scale. And I love the fact that it's so personal and so deeply impactful. Um, it's not just staffers that um, you are dependent on. You actually uh, employ um, or uh, mobilize a big volunteer base as well, right? Throughout the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. So volunteerism is at the heart of what we do. Again, we were founded in 1899 by a group of women who were volunteers. Um, so we could not do the mission. Um, we could not help the families and the children that we do without our volunteers. So in every given year, we have anywhere from 800 to a thousand volunteers helping us with a wide variety of projects. So some are, um, individual projects, um, some are corporate projects, um, but we have, um, volunteers helping us with our homes, with our special events, with our office work, um, doing drives for us in the community raising money, giving us diapers and formula. So again, we could not do what we do every day without our volunteers. Volunteers are our heroes in the work like this. They are, they are. And so can you just give us some examples? Let's maybe take one, two or three examples. So you you mentioned corporate volunteering. Are you Mm -hmm. talking about businesses taking their team members and short-term or event-based? Is that the type of thing? Can you share with us an example of that? 
Sure. So one of our um, corporate partners is Samsung, and they are a wonderful partner to us. So um, every year they have a Samsung volunteer day, and so they'll bring 30 to 40 volunteers, and they'll help garden our homes, um, mulching, painting, um, anything like that. And this past year, what they did was they built sensory equipment for um, for our children. So they did sensory boxes and shelves, and they built them as a team project, and then we're able to build these sensory rooms for our children and our adults. Um, and so that comes up with those ideas. Is that the corporate side or your team internally? How, how does that come about? Um, so I have a wonderful, I have a wonderful team here. They're very creative. Um, so they come up with a lot of these um, ideas and sometimes it comes from us, but again, our, our, all of our corporate groups are such strong partners to us. So if they have an idea, no idea is too crazy for us. So they <laughs> will bring it to us and we'll try to make it work and figure it out because again, they want to volunteer and they want to give something to their employees to give back. And so if their employees have a great idea, um, we'll do it. One time they built um, toy boxes for our kids. Um, so these large toy boxes and we brought two vans and brought them all over to us. Um, sometimes they'll build bikes for us. So bikes for the kids are amazing as well. Um, again, it's really ideas from us, ideas from our volunteers and even the employees that are in the homes, they'll call up development and say, I need this. Could we get a volunteer group to do something like this? So it's all different people. That's really what we, what we base a lot of the things that we do is just a community of caring. So it's ideas from everywhere. Right. So is it just large group of volunteering? What if I know, for instance, there's a lot of families where parents want to be intentional in teaching their children um, how to get involved with the community and how to engage and, and, and have leadership in that way. And then there's like individuals, for instance, even schools these days are requiring their students on an individual basis to volunteer somewhere. Are there ways for those types of smaller groups or individuals to plug in as well? Absolutely. So we have individual volunteers too. We have a lot of Girl Scout troops um, that do drives for us. Um, We have individual volunteers that might be mentors for our children, individual volunteers that help with educational tutoring. Um, we also have schools, we, a great school in Ridgewood too. They, they do a big drive for us too. So the children bring in diapers, formula, body wash, shampoo, um, so again, it's from one volunteer to a group of 40 or 50 for our corporate side. So it's anything that really helps us. And, and even those drives for material goods and kind stuff to bring in, those are things that you have a continuous need for, right? It's not just one cent every, every year or once every five years that you're trying to replenish your stock. Absolutely. We constantly have a need for in-kind donations because then again, that helps our um, with our budget too as well so that we don't have to be purchasing these mm. things, um, especially for our baby basics program that is 100% funded by philanthropy. Um, and we always need diapers and formula and baby wipes for that. So every month really? you'll see truckfuls of diapers and formula coming here from our community. And that's really what we need. Wow. How, okay. So how would someone find out more information about how to start to engage with your organization as a volunteer, either for their company business unit or their family or individual? So there's, um, there's a couple of ways they can do that. They can call our development department directly. Um, and that number is 201-261-2800. Um, that's again, development communications and volunteerism is all under us. Um, or they can go to our website. Our website is www.cafsnj.org, as in Children's Aid Family Services, New Jersey.org. 
and there's a lot of information there. It talks about current volunteer opportunities. You can get an overview of our programs if there's something that you're interested in volunteering in, and it'll show you pictures of our current volunteers and what they're doing for us. Gotcha. Um, and then in terms of, um, I guess, the largest needs in your program today, what would be the highest priority projects or things that you're looking for funding right now? Um, I think right now what we would need, we, we need um, general operating dollars. We really do because we have a wide variety of programs and every one of those programs needs a little bit of help. Um, so some of our programs that are hundred percent run by philanthropy, like I'm talking about the baby basics program and our Zoe's place home, which is, um, for homeless teen moms and their babies. And now we have toddlers in that program too. Um, we always need funding for something like that. Nice. Nice. Now, um, we're asking our holiday heroes, if we gave you a magic wand for the day, um, if you could share one personal holiday wish that you had for the program, what, what would you love to see happen this next year in 2018 for Children's Aid? Um, I would love enough funding to be able to run every one of our programs mm -hmm. um, and give them those little extras that they need. That's really what we're here at Children's Aid for. We have a tagline, our Children's Aid difference, and it's to be able to give those extras to the children, adults, and families in our care, whether it's presence at Christmas time, um, whether it's additional tutoring or the um, activities like taking somebody into uh, Broadway to see a show. I would love enough funding to be able to do that for every one of our programs mm -hmm. going forward. And so is also, um, where do you stand in terms of the demand for your services and the, the capacity or the bandwidth to be able to uh, support that? Is that somewhat, something that's um, at an equilibrium at this point or is there more demand? Is there always, um, if you had more funding and more resources, could you help more families and more children? Absolutely. There's always, a de there's always a demand for our services. Um, and if we had more funding and more resources, um, we could give more of our services to more of the community. Uh, we always say in a perfect world, we wouldn't need a children's aid because there would be enough for everybody and you wouldn't need um, help for the children in the foster care system. But that's not where we are right now. And if we have more services and more resources, we could expand our services to more and try to help more people in the community. Yeah. Um, and there's so many good charities to support, especially that come out of the woodwork during the holiday season. You hear all these calls to action, right? To, uh, to give, give, give. Um, there's definitely listeners here today that might've heard of your organization for the first time, or even greater New York holiday fund for the first time today, because of this interview and this discussion that we're having, and they're interested, they might be leaning forward and a little bit more curious. If you had a chance to be in front of them, what would you actually say to them right now today to say, Hey, look, um, you know, this is a core need and this is why you should be prioritizing considering giving to, uh, support children's aid over say a national global nonprofit or other things that might be floating out there bombarding the airwaves with ads right now. Um, can you just share a little bit of, from your heart of, you know, why should we really prioritize and, and consider giving locally to help an organization like yours? Um, I think, I think you said it right in your question. Um, there are so many great organizations out there. A lot of them are on our national level. Um, but your own community needs your help. There are local people every day that might be your next door neighbor, um, that might be somebody your kid goes to school with. Um, these are the ones that need our help. And if we help our community, then we can also grow and thrive together. Um, and that's what I would say, is that there's somebody next door to you um, on the grocery line 
um, at the library, driving past you in a car that needs your help. And you have the ability through Children's Aid to help everybody in your community. Yeah, and, and not just in a small, a dramatic way, right? Life-changing and life memories that last a lifetime um, that's impactful for them. Absolutely. I think that, again, something else that we say is we help them build futures. A lot of our children and families might not have had a future if it wasn't for us. Uh, we hear that all the time, that Children's Aid helped change our lives. Um, children Aid, children's Aid gave me a life or they gave me a second chance. Um, a lot of our kids and, and our families, they just need a little bit of help to get them to give that second chance and to have that bright future. And with our donors and our volunteers and our supporters, we're able to give uh, them that, that future. That must be amazing to hear when you hear that feedback coming back to you. Um, and we believe, again, it's people like you um, right here in our own backyard who are making that bold decision to dedicate your vocation, your life's work to doing this stuff that makes you our holiday hero today. Just want to appreciate and give the recognition to you um, today. Um, over this last year, um, what would you say would be the best day that you've had working at Children's Aid? Is there a story or a day in particular that stands out that you can share with us? Um, I think every day has its ups and downs, of course, because when you work um, in an environment like this, it can be challenging. Yes. Um, but the thing that I think makes it so special is the people that I work with. So I might be the voice that you're hearing now or the face that you're seeing now, but I'm not the one doing the work. It really is the 200 employees that wake up every single day. Um, and they come help our children, our families, our seniors, and it's their why I'm here. Um, I couldn't do what I do talking to donors and volunteers if it wasn't for the unbelievable employees that we have. And I feel blessed that I get to work with them. So it might not be a specific day or a story. It's really all the employees. Yeah, it's definitely who you work with, right? Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you for sacrificing your time and your talents here. Uh, really, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, we want to just keep on telling these stories, shining a spotlight on the holiday heroes like you, that for people making a difference right here in Jersey where it counts. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you again, what is that best way, that first piece of, uh, first method of contact um, to learn more about you, your organization, how to help um, with more support or even volunteering. Again, if you could share with us that contact information, that would be great. Sure. So again, our, um, our website would be the best place to get all the information in one spot. So our website is www.cafsnj.org. Again, that's Children's Aid Family Services nj.org or you could call our main line and talk to somebody in our development department and that number is 201-261-2800 great thank you sarah so much for being with us today i know you're quite busy especially during this holiday season and appreciate you were able to break away from your, your schedule and talk with us today Absolutely. I'm so appreciative of the Greater Newark Holiday Fund, of all the donors and supporters that support that, and we are happy to do our part. So thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners here for taking the time to hear our conversation with yet another holiday hero. I invite you to find out more about the Greater Newark Holiday Fund at 2017.holidayfund.org. Remember, when you donate, you're making a difference where it counts. Till next time, I'm Kenny Jang, the host of this show. We'll be here next week with another story. Until then, be good and be generous this holiday season. If you enjoyed today's session, please help us share the work of the Greater Newark Holiday Fund with friends and family who can make a difference in northern New Jersey. You can do that by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing our website, 2017.holidayfund.org, with your network. 
We believe that those who practice generosity during this critical time of year are our very own hometown holiday heroes. Let your generosity make a difference where it counts. The Greater Newark Holiday Fund is a giving partner you can believe in, trusted by more than 20 corporate and foundation grants and thousands of individual donors just like you. And don't forget to join us every week right here for the next installment of the Hometown Heroes of Jersey podcast.